everyone. Welcome to Valley Naval Gazing. My name is Eugene Driscoll from valleyindy.org. I'm joined by my always co-host, Ethan Fry. hey And today, we have a very special guest. I guess not very special anymore. He's kind of routine at this point. Well, that hurts. Just kidding. Coming in for his monthly appearance is Seymour First Selectman, Kurt Miller. Good morning, everyone. How are you? We're doing all right. Don't forget to uh, get close to that mic now. We're recording this in the Valley Indy office. This is the first time we've recorded our podcast with First Selectman Miller uh, in the Valley Indy office. I just asked that you know, put your shoes back on, okay? For can, I, can I keep my feet up, though? You can just, yeah, just, you know, people yeah. have to be able to hear you. Not Never pick your feet in Poughkeepsie. French watch, Connection. I was watching that over the weekend. That's yeah. a great movie. That's a great movie. That was like we would watch that at Christmas time in my house because <laughs> my father was in New York City. It was like Serpico and the French Connection on a continual loop. Dog Day Afternoon in Fort Apache, the Bronx later. Never seen any of those. Oh, oh. man. All right. We'll see you next week. <laughs> I feel uncultured at this point. So like I said, uh, Kurt Miller is the first selectman of Seymour. And so what we do once a month is we try to dedicate a show to all things Seymour. Uh Part of it's to compensate for the fact that we do a bad job uh, covering the town as... Amen. Sele- as, <laughs> as f- All right, I won't even go on. So let's... What we did, though, uh, before you came in, we asked just this morning, and we're recording this on Monday, June 6th. It'll be on Valley Indy pretty much immediately, and you'll hear it on WNHH 103.5 FM, New Haven's community radio station, uh, the following Monday. So we asked people for some questions. What do you, wanna, what do you want us to ask the first selectman? And I got a text, we got a Facebook post, we got an email. People actually asked a couple of questions. Excellent. The first one is, and this has become every time you're on the show, Mm. we ask you about this, Donald Trump. What does First Selectman Miller think about the leader of his party, Trump? No evading. It's too important. Will he be voting for him? What does he believe will be Trump's effect on, quote, down ballots, unquote, throughout the country? Example, the Valley Towns led by Republicans and the party in the state. So I know that's your your favorite. Wow. Let's mul- just multi-party. Yeah, that was a big one. And let's just let's just play a, a quick uh, Donald Trump uh, clip. I don't know if this will actually uh, pick up, but we'll give it a try. Uh, look at my African American over here. Look at him. You guys hear that? Yeah. Yep. Uh, look at my African American mm-hmm. over here. Look at him. Link once if you can hear that. Uh, yes, yeah, we, we hear it. Uh, look at my African American over here. Look at him. It's like a vine or something. Yeah. Right. So there it is. There's the uh, Republican presumptive. What is it? Assumptive? Presumptive? Presumptive nominee. nominee. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on uh, a potential President Trump? Well, that's an interesting question. The, uh, you know, as you know, I was the chairman of the state uh, convention a few weeks ago. And one of the things I said in my speech was while I was not a Donald Trump uh, supporter, I was a Kasich guy. I think that's obvious by... Um, the way I conduct myself. But Donald Trump, if he's the nominee, then he's the person that I will support. Uh, if that's the will of the Republicans across this country, I don't think I'm someone that should flick my nose at them. So I will be voting for Donald Trump. Now, do I agree with everything that Donald Trump says or does? Absolutely not. You know, comments like that are, I, I don't think he meant anything bad by that. I don't think he meant anything disrespectful by that. But the man, by no means, is a politician. He's a, a businessman. He's a blunt object. Um, he's going to say things like that. But our country, unfortunately, has been run the last uh, many years by people that are always politically correct. And it really hasn't gotten us as far as we think we should be. So perhaps having a successful business person might 
might be the thing that we need now. I don't know. And he's gonna bring he's gonna bring back Trump University possibly. I mean, I don't. Yeah, that'd be I, good I, for you and I, Ethan. I hate this like uh, you know this whole PC sort of obsessive right. safe spaces you know cis this and all that. Like I hate all that sort of stuff. But like at um, by the same token, I I also like. You can't say a judge because of his like heritage shouldn't be qualified to hear your case. I don't like. I think I like. There, it's 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 two extremes, you know. Like he said, a judge shouldn't be able to hear a, a lawsuit against him because the judge is of Mexican heritage, and he wants. I want. I'm building a wall. I'm building a wall. You know, like and uh, like there. There's got to be a some sort of but uh, that, but some sort of middle ground in there i would think to that point though that judge is a part of a um at least watching some of the news and seeing some of the different things he's a part of a, a, a proactive group uh that supports his heritage mexican causes which which is certainly a great thing but you know he is entitled to uh, a fair trial he's entitled to an impartial trial and if you feel that the judge could potentially uh, not provide that. I think it's well within your rights to bring that up. I mean, some information was released to the press that that judge in turn tried to get back after he already released it. So, you know, was he intentionally trying to taint that because of his heritage? It sounded like he was trying to we get a know. job locally at one of the town halls. We've had that happen many <laughs> times where somebody will, re- well, I forgot to cross out that name. But, so, uh, but yeah, do, I, I don't know what else, I, I can't add anything to that. What, well, maybe maybe Bill Crystal will run and he said no. Save the party. He actually came, he said he's too busy. The uh, he's too I busy was, to get three percent of the vote. You brought up a point. Like I, I'm playing this. Uh, Play it again. You clip like the, from. Uh, uh, look at my African American over here. Look at him. And I get what you're saying. Like he didn't mean to come across. He didn't mean to put his foot in his mouth. Which he, does, I, he does it a lot. He, yeah, he's, he's not a yeah, politician. I mean, like that 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 clip is that like do, that doesn't concern me that much about Trump. It's it's saying that like you know my concern we we can't let Muslims into the country and stuff. And I like I'm not saying we should open the borders to every Tom, Dick, and Harry from Saudi Arabia, but you know that's like that's ridiculous. Yeah, my concern with a clip like that is that and I just find it heartbreaking that that's the guy running for president who has popular support because it's but, you know there used you know, to be I, I guess I'm I idealized according like, to a poll that came out he's uh, well, I, I, won't, I don't want to say more likable but he's less unlikable than Hillary Clinton than Hillary Clinton right you know I mean and like we, we still the, sh- the other shoe still hasn't dropped about the whole uh, email just, scandal so I just don't know how we got here how did we get to this point it's that, the most uh, powerful job in the world and these are our two choices yeah that's what I well, find the, really the, it's depressing. the two party system that's yeah. ruined the country and, and what I was trying to say obviously George guy, Washington warned us about it in obviously a guy speech. a guy who says something like that I'm sorry Ethan I interrupted you no it's it's you know two party systems ruin the country yep, so. I agree a guy like that isn't presidential I guess is that that's what all uh, but we've said this many many times we've had this conversation with uh but Kurt Miller, and every time we bring up Trump, it seems like you're getting more and more uncomfortable. Well, it's, at the t- beginning, it was a goof. More and more sort of like If resigned. you go back like 15 weeks, and well, now it's yeah, then it was funny. Now it's more serious. But right. you know, you know, do you need to be presidential to be a good leader? And do we need someone presidential, or do we need a leader right now? I think this country needs a leader, and my hope is that he's smart enough to surround himself with people that have the experience in foreign policy and with the military and you know, with the economy and things like that. You don't get to be 
um, that successful a business person by not putting yourself or surrounding yourself, I should say, with the right people, which he's been doing all along. His employees are fiercely loyal to him. So hopefully that's what he'll be doing when he becomes president in January of 2017. Okay. Anyone else want to add anything on the Well, we still have Darryl the down Hammond ballot question. There was 14 other ports to that really. question. <laughs> Go, well, what do you think about that? What The, the question specifically, what does... Uh, what about the down ballot thing? That that specific question. That's something that the uh, questioner. Cause that's that, what I was just going to read. Okay, yeah. that's been that's been the 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 big concern is that you Ethan's know on the fire. dislike of Trump is going to hurt Republicans. You know, Senate, House, even down to you know the local races. Not in Seymour. Not in Seymour. I see a lot of Trump signs in Seymour. <laughs> there are a lot yeah. of Trump signs. Yeah, he's in got Seymour. some support. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's surprising. The um, I don't think it's going to hurt down ticket as much as as people think. You know, a lot of new voters are coming in this year, whether it be Trump, whether it be Bernie Sanders. I think they're bringing a lot of people um, out that have not been involved before that are looking for a change. I think Trump and Sanders both offer that. Um, I I don't think it's going to hurt as much. I think if you see some of these established politicians that may run away from Trump, I think they may be hurt by it because I think those people might be upset that, um, you know, it's the status quo. It's business as usual. That's not what they want. But I think you can support Trump, but still stand up for your principles and state the things that you you disagree with him. And, and I think that's going to hurt. I think like, like some of what's resonating that he says is, uh, you know, like he's running. You know, if it's him and Clinton in the general election, he'll, he'll the Republican will be running to the left of the Democrat on trade. You know, and mm-hmm. that'll be remarkable. Mm-hmm. And I think trade you war. Know, we got a trade war coming. That's what, people. You know, Bernie Sanders has been saying, the, you know, he and Trump's messages on trade are sort of similar. You know, that's the one thing they agree on. Yeah. And this is uh, Eugene Driscoll. That was Ethan Fry. We're here with first selectman Kurt Miller on Valley Naval Gazing, WNHH 103.5 FM, New Haven's community radio station. But to that point, how many of those Democrats who are big Sanders supporters that feel that they got run over by Hillary Clinton, who was basically anointed? As the candidate, received all those superdelegates, pushed her over the top. I mean, she could lose California tomorrow, and then what happens? What happens to those people if they feel disenfranchised? How many of them either A, stay home, or B, vote for Trump? So Mm -hmm. it would be interesting. And if they're voting for Trump, are they going to pull that hatred to the rest of the Democratic underticket and carry it over, or are they going to stay at home and and vote for those Democratic underticket people? I think it's going to be a very interesting election. Did you and, anything you wanted to add to that? And Fox Super News covers it exceptionally every morning at 5.30 I mean, like, when I turn I, it I, on. Is, is, anybody who reads my Twitter feed will know that I, I'm a Bernie Sanders fan, I guess. So I just personally, uh, I think I would, you know, as things stand, you know, if, if Hillary's winning Connecticut by 20 points, I'll vote for Jill Stein, the Green Party candidate. Uh, but if it's close, I'm like, I'm going to have to hold my nose and vote for Clinton, I think, you know. That's all there is to it. Like, I just, I couldn't find myself in any scenario voting for Trump. But See, you know, I'm the same there's with a lot of Clinton. time until November. And yeah, and the, a lot Clinton of people feel that way about Clinton. Ballot, yeah. I wouldn't vote. Yeah, yeah. As yeah. much as that would pain me, I would vote for everyone else, and I'd leave the presidential box blank. I just can't vote for, for her. Her husband? Different story. Her? Absolutely not. All right, so let's take it down now to a local I level. worse than Hillary in that. Okay, I like I, I, I hey you, I, I I respect the fact you guys can talk to each other on uh, 
the polar opposites of the political spectrum, at least when it comes to the presidential race, and, and no one's hit each other yet. We don't even have any signs. Well, we're both just so happy protesting. about Jose Mourinho being appointed uh, manager of Manchester United. Giddy so, up. Yeah. And the Mets won uh, a series over the weekend. So, it's, it's big. Right, yeah, Harvey yeah. lost again, though. I don't know what you guys are Which is good, about. driving his value down. <laughs> it's a good start, at least. Let's yeah. talk about downtown Zoltan. This was the second question I received via email. Uh, it's also a subject we've talked about previously on this podcast. Ask him. That would be you, Seymour First Selectman. Is that Kurt an angry Miller. ask him, or is I don't that know. A- I, that's in my. I mean, that's my inflection. I, you know, we're boring on the radio. We, who's on the the station in W on WNH before us? It's a Kid Joe. Is it, uh, angry Kid Joe? Is it or something? That guy's got it's energy. Like angry something. That, that guy's it? got some energy. And then we come. There's such a transition at like nine o'clock where it goes from because he's like in the. They, they don't really end their show. They just keep going. And then New Haven just like unplugs something. And then we come on. Mm. And it goes from like yeah, all this like it's like a big party. And then Ethan and I are like, uh, maybe we uh, should. Do, maybe you should do this podcast Thursday night six thirty from one of the local. <laughs> do drop in <laughs> some place like that. And get some I audience should. participation. I think that'd be fun. We could do that. Yeah, we should take it on the road. That'd be we great. Have the then. ability to do that. Yeah. You want to talk about questions? You get questions live right out of the audience. That'd be fun. Right out of that. That'd I volunteer to be the first one for you to do it. That's a good idea. Is there any uh, businesses out there? Particularly, uh, there's the Do Drop In in Derby. There's a couple of Hot Tamale and uh, Hey, you want to uh, us to come to your place? We can talk sponsorship. It would be beautiful. But anyway, ask him. Seymour first selectman, Kurt Miller. Why Seymour approved the downtown new senior building that wiped out needed area parking to support the hub of quaint retail stores and put a charming retail general store out of business? This could have been built 10 other places in town. That's the question. Where did that question come from? My email. Your email. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if the person... I didn't say on the... No, I'm not going to ask. That's not, yeah, that's yeah. Not I didn't say like whether not or fair. not... The, the Trump question specifically asked no name be used, so I respected no, that. I'm okay. I don't, it's, it doesn't matter. It won't change my answer, to be quite honest with you. Um, number one, I didn't vote to have that building placed in downtown Seymour. The selectmen had nothing to do with that. That was, as we've talked about, planning and zoning that made that decision. Um, so specifics as to why they voted the way they did need to be addressed, addressed to them. Um, it didn't take away, putting that building up did not take away parking from anyone because the parking that was there was for the tenants. Um, now, those pe- people have been displaced, and some are on the street, some are in municipal parking lots. And just let me interrupt. Can, can you just review what the building is? Uh, we're assuming that everyone knows what we're talking about, but uh, what, what, what's being constructed right now? Oh, it's a uh, 55 and over senior housing uh, apartment complex. How many stories is it? Uh, three. I believe it's adding 25 units, if I'm not, gotcha. if I'm okay. not mistaken. Sorry, go ahead. Um, but no, as part of the uh, downtown action strategy from 2012, uh, which Seymour mm-hmm. actually won an award for, it talked about improving the parking in downtown, which we, we've done. Uh, we added some spots in the Strand lot. We also changed First Street to a one-way, which picked up 11 spots. And we're working on uh, one other project as well. That should add another uh, 10 spots or so. so. And you just made a street one way. Is that because of the building? No. That was a part of the downtown action strategy. And if you look, it specifically identifies um, changing streets to one way and adding diagonal parking. That was like well, our most read story. The uh, first among, street going yeah. to one way. That was one yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah, I can't even. That's that's amazing to me that that was. Uh, I guess it, it could be a signal. 
or, 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 or not a symptom, but I guess there's some economic uh, interest by people in downtown Seymour if the fact they make one street one way that so many people are, are interested in that. The, I mean, the business owners that I've spoken with are all very happy that First Street was changed to one way. So, All right. Let's do uh, This Week in History, Ethan. Do you see I have it on there? Yeah. I, I just wanted to look up something. I, I was throwing it to you. Uh, because I want to look yeah, up. Yeah, I have a, Kurt, I have Kurt a follow up for Kurt okay. On that. Uh, and he had mentioned the Strand Theater. There's a cool that. event coming up at the Strand Theater. I just want to throw out there. But so let's do this week in history. These we steal from DerbyHistorical.org, uh, and they're uh, it's pretty self-explanatory. Yep. Okay. This weekish, June twelfth, nineteen oh eight, Ansonia Dateline. Ansonia High School graduates the largest class in its history up to that time. 34 graduates received their diplomas at exercises at Ansonia Opera House. When the class started four years ago, there were 103 members. Miss Helen Bartholomew is salutatorian. She was never tardy or absent for the entire four years. Wow. Wow. Miss Marion Freethy is the valedictorian. Uh, Also on that day in 1908, Ansonia, the new dog pound will be south of Central Street. Dogs that need to be put down will now be chloroformed instead of shot as they were previously. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> Quite the thanks for the doing that. Sorry. Uh, I, I, I did these three minutes. <laughs> like First Luck Miller was in the <laughs> office. as I, was, I, I did read these. I, I apologize. Derby. Derby High School graduates. Like Michael Rappaport, we don't fact check. Yeah. Derby High School graduates 11 seniors at Sterling Opera House. Miss Marion Emily Deings is the valedictorian. John Francis Ryan is the salutatorian. However, he cannot attend the commencement because he has been in the hospital for some time. He Hmm. completed his final coursework from his hospital bed, and though he can't be present at the commencement, he's very much in everyone's thoughts. Wow. Wow. Uh, That's touching. June 9th, 1932. I love these Prohibition-era history items. Ansonia. Federal agents raid a Maple Street residence and arrest one on liquor charges. Seymour. Pledges for Seymour mutual aid expire on June 15th. There has been no let-up in demand for the workfare services, however. Also, uh, June 9th, 1932 in Seymour. The Seymour Auto Company is now a Hup Mobile dealer. And I'm just going to click this yeah, Wikipedia link. Yeah, what is that? Hupmobile was an automobile built from 1909 through 1940 by the Hup Motor Car Company in Detroit, Michigan. So hmm. there you go. It was like the Tucker of the 30s, I guess. And that was it. Was that all of them? Yeah. Um, I wanted to follow up, though, on that uh, uh, development question from uh, from that reader. Um because you said, you know, rightly said it was the uh, Planning and Zoning Commission, not mm-hmm. not me that approved that. But like, well, s- not the board of selectmen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, say, you know, like, wh- how do how do you view that sort of question in terms of uh, like when when if a big developer came into Seymour and said, you know, there was a open fifty acre property and he said, like, I want to put a assisted meta uh, assisted living facility, a bunch of apartments, like you know, ten story apartment building. Uh, offices, commercial, um, you know, say you were, you know, opposed to it or something because it was in an inconvenient area or would add traffic or whatever, or say you had strong feelings one way or another. Mm-hmm. Do you think it would be, you know, right, since you're the chief elected official to, to sort of 
lobby for or against a project like that? Or, or do you see it as like, let the PZC just handle this? How do you feel about that sort of question? Well, you know, I think it, the charter set up the way it is to allow um, one person not to have complete control over the town. I think that's a good thing. I mean, the Board of Finance uh, controls the budget, not me. And you guys are very involved in our budget process. You see, I go and I make my presentation and then they do what they want and they turn it over to the people. Uh, I think this is the same thing. I think it's my uh, responsibility to uh, privately go to these folks and let them know my opinion, let them know what I think about different projects, and then let them make their decisions uh, as they seem fit. And the PZC is elected in Seymour, right? They are currently elected okay. now, yes. Right. They w- the it, well, it's been a changeover okay. from formerly appointed Charter change. Okay. to now Now they're all elected. So, you, you know, there's, there is accountability in terms Correct. of, you know, voters. Correct. And while we're on the subject of downtown Seymour, I just wanted to throw out there that the Strand Theater, which is in Seymour, is hosting Connecticut Cult Classics. Mm-hmm. It's a double feature. Of course, I don't. This flyer does not say when it is. That hurts. But it's a double feature, featuring two 1980s vampire classics. The first being Fright Night, starring Malcolm McDowell. Is it Malcolm McDowell? Yeah, the guy from Caligula? No. Oh, boy. That's Malcolm McDowell. Chris Sarandon and an English guy whose name I forget. It's the guy from who's Cornelius and Planet of the Apes. Anybody remember that? Any Planet of the Apes? The original was, yeah. Planet of the Apes? That was what, Rodney McDowell? Rodney Lo- McDowell, uh, yes. The Lost Boys and Fright Night? Yeah, the According Lost Boys and Fright Night. According to this ticket stub on Facebook, it will be July 23, 7 p.m. to midnight. Okay, yeah, Saturday, July 23rd, Strand Theater, 7 p.m. to midnight, $10 for both movies. Are you going to be there? Um, I believe so, but I'm not sure. I'm going to tell you, though, I, I'm outraged that they don't have Near Dark playing. If you want to talk about 1980s vampire classics, there's a movie called Near Dark starring okay. Bill Paxton. You know what movie I saw for the first time a few weeks ago? It's probably French. Uh, no, Um Interview with a vampire. Oh yeah, that's like, terrible. Oh, that's yeah. awful. Like, yeah. and it was it was like, it was like yeah. critically acclaimed. Yeah. I think when yeah. it came, you know, I was too young to see it when it came out. That was but with Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, yeah, and Antonio yeah. Banderas, uh, 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 Kristen Durst. She was like six. Oh yeah, Kristen yeah. Dunst. Yeah, Dunst, her first yeah. Uh, her first role. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, just terrible. And I was really disappointed. You know, I should have expected that. I suppose. Yeah. The hair in that movie is enough. The hairdo, the hairstyles. All right, Housatonic Wire. We have a question about Housatonic Wire. Okay. Why not apply for a grant to turn the old Housatonic Wire into a park with a nice farmer's market? Such a pretty waterfall. Would hate to see it become a fast food place. The Housatonic Wire site is for sale. Uh, We have approached the owner about the town purchasing it, and the asking price is astronomical. And that was a comment that was on Facebook. And actually, Housatonic Wire, the Facebook page itself, commented on that question and said, it certainly would complement the Greenway the Greenway Trail and Fish Bypass. And if it was on for a reasonable market price, perhaps the town would purchase it. Follow up, Ethan? Me neither. Yeah, I mean, like, it's a it's a corner lot, so I guess, right? Is no, it, that's, the, that's the inside one. The corner lot. Oh, is that for sale, too? Is, that's Seymour Lumber. Right, right. Um, the old Seymour Lumber site, and that is actively being marketed, and I believe they have a developer that has interest in that property, mm-hmm. and they're moving along. Our last update um, from the commercial realtor. 
is the all the the Housatonic Wire? I don't know if you know this, but like there was the fire there years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Is the is are there environmental concerns over that property, or is that all cleaned up? Uh, it's a brownfield site. We secured a five hundred thousand dollar brownfield remediation grant through the state of Connecticut, right, right. Um, which could be used for a bona fide developer. Um, that five hundred thousand has since been pulled back by the state of Connecticut oh, nice. um, because it's just sat no activity. Um, you know, the, oh, owner the, that. the owner of the property has not sold it as of yet. Um, but if a bona fide developer does come up, we have some assurances from DECD that that money would be made available again. All right, that's Kurt Miller, and this is Valley Naval Gazing on oh, Valley Indi- Wait, I'm doing my station ID, man. This <laughs> okay. is FCC mandated. Come on now. What do you think? Come I just want to say that out FCC. of the blue? FCC. Criminals. FCC, FOI, he's big on all the Fs. No, go ahead. I, uh, Please. But go ahead. And don't forget to do the weather and the time, too. This is Valley Naval Gazing on WNBC. <laughs> uh, we're also heard on valleyindy.org. Oh, not great. Now I got stuff in my throat. Thank you. Thank you for ruining this. WNHH uh, 103.5 FM in New Haven. Yeah. As well as valleyindy.org and New Haven Independent. I, I say we do valleyindy.org first. We did. I just oh, did. Oh, okay. Uh, speaking of state money, though. He doubled there was on the, that. Wait, uh, wait. Hold on. I'm going to lead into that. I'm going to oh, okay. lead into right, that, good. Ethan. Do you have a soundbite? No, no, oh. but I, I, well, I have, I, I sort of do. Uh, well, first, uh, all right, here we're, let's just do reader reactions in general. This is something where we pull off our favorite or, or most informative or anything I could get to. Uh, reader reactions from our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Valley Independent Sentinel. There was a big debate on our page over Ansonia school funding. Last week, Ethan Fry attended a meeting. Did we post the entire audio from that meeting too or no? Uh, no, but I could, I suppose. No, I was just asking. But there, it was where, uh, you know, the, the Antonio Public Schools asked for a certain amount of money from the city. The city allocated money, but not as much as the school wanted. And they said they were going to cut four positions within the uh, school district. We've had, like, conflicting reports from the school themselves as to what exactly those positions were. But... Right? Yeah, the, 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 the head of the... Uh, I, the Superintendent Merlone told me after the meeting that three were from... Uh, Prendergast School and one was from Mead School, um, but then somebody contacted us saying that like well, I it was three from Mead School, so I I emailed over the weekend uh, the teachers union president, and he said sorry, uh, three teachers laid off from Mead and a behavioral specialist specialist from Prendergast. And there was somebody on was our Facebook page and then somebody saying else they weren't said teachers a, a different in the classroom yeah, teachers. Yeah. They were reading. Sp- uh, I don't know and. Welcome to our job. Yeah. But anyway, so there was a reaction. I just wanted to read some of the reactions to Ethan's story. Uh, this was from uh, Gary. I don't know how to say his last name. I'm not even going to try. I'd rather have them lay off four teachers than have to cut out all sports. The kids need sports to keep them off the streets and to make friends. Then Stephen Cavanaugh replied, cut teachers and keep sports. No wonder our schools rank among the lowest in the state. Then the other post that had some decent comments was about the issue Ethan, I think, was just going to bring out, bring up. Last week, uh, there was a story in the CT Mirror to which we posted on our Facebook page, and it was headline, Malloy signs CT budget but trims town aid to offset prison costs. And essentially, the article was saying that Malloy is pulling back on some municipal aid 
because the state lawmakers did not pass his Second Chance Society, which is a series of, I guess, prison and criminal justice. Second uh, Chance 2.0. Like they, they did some reforms did last some year, but not uh, this year. I think it was the, uh, I forgot. I think it was the bail reforms, like anybody who's in jail uh, uh, before trial on a misdemeanor, like a low-level misdemeanor maybe, would be, you know, released on bail, essentially. So here's... Or, you know, released, not on, you know, if they couldn't afford bail, they'd just be released, I guess. I just wanted to quickly go through some of the reactions we had uh, to that story. Uh, This is from Nancy Maria. Right, let's put felons first. I'm all for second chances, but the towns have been the relief valve for government spending for too long. This is absurd. Chris Wooden said, thanks, Daniel. Sarah Stroud said, well, actually, if they approved his second chance bill, then he wouldn't have made the cuts. The cuts were made due to them putting off voting because this is an election year. Uh, There was a reply to that from Nancy Maria. I look at it as Malloy saying, if you state senators and state reps don't support my second chance initiative, I will cut areas which affect the voting tax base most. I am sure there are areas of state government that could absorb a hit better than municipalities and health clinics. Uh, and then just a, the last comment on that was Sarah Stroud saying, no, he made a budget based on believing the bill would go through and had an estimated like $15 million in savings. When they decided to hold off on it, he had to make go make cuts where available to balance and fix the budget. So my question, we have Seymour First Selectman Kurt Miller in here. Do you have any idea what is happening to state aid uh, in Seymour based on this controversy, based on this cut? Nope. None at all. None at all. So what does I that don't mean to be flip, but like what have you done? CCM doesn't have any information as of yet. What we yeah, what take us behind the scenes, like when you that's when, the when Connecticut you, Conference of municipalities, municipalities, like the lobbying group for cities and towns. Right. When Sorry. you heard this was happening, uh, what what what's the first thing you do as a, as the selectman of the town? Who and obviously your you know budgets is what you deal with every day. I saw it not to plug another um, news source, but I saw it on CT Capital Report which is the first place I saw it. I reached out to... Uh, Actually, sen- a news aggregator. We well, should just... We should thank just you. Sorry that about out. that. Uh, I reached out to uh, State Senator uh, Rob Kane, who represents Seymour, who sits on appropriations, and asked him the question. He was able to get me some basic... What did you ask info. him? I asked him, are these cuts true, and, and what's going on? And you know, he sits on appropriations, and he did know. The governor essentially has line-item veto power, where he can just cross out a line and put his initials next to it, and that line is gone. And he did that for $20 million worth of municipal aid. We're being told that it will be identified after July 1st. So with most of us, if not all of us, completing our budget cycles, having our mill rates set, um, this is going to hurt towns depending on how big the cut are because they're going to have to go into their reserve fund to cover this. Now, Seymour, we built a cushion in um, in anticipation of something like this, but I think these cuts may out... um, They'd be bigger than what we had put aside. And there was, uh, during this whole like budget fight, uh, M- one of Malloy's proposals that didn't end up getting passed, but one of his proposals included a budget that uh, m- maintained uh, that education cost-sharing grant to you know the most distressed communities, essentially, but then just took it away from mm-hmm. sort of wealthier Republican communities. Mm-hmm. And uh, d- is, is, is there any idea whether like that's... Because like that was a much bigger amount of money, twenty million. You'd figure the the pain could be spread more equally mm-hmm. over different municipalities, but there's no indication as to whether like that's the case or not, or whether no. okay, no idea. And you know that's some of the concern that we have, and you see things like that. 
where towns that voted a specific way in a certain election see, saw cuts bigger than towns or cities that did not or voted a different way. There's a lot of concern that what's going to happen in December, and by them pushing this off, if they're, if they're not stating it now, the concern is are they waiting till after the election? At that point, they're going to come back, and how are those cuts going to yeah, I mean, divvied I, like out? I said, I said there's a lot know, of concern. The, afflu- you know, the more there's a greater chance a town will have a Republican chief elected official sort of if it's more affluent i think is is generally true but certainly not the case with all communities but that was my generalization there what about uh what are you doing now and and what was your reaction to um let me backtrack for a second when i read that article in the ct mirror to which i guess ct capital report probably posted or linked I was amazed. I mean, CT Mirror is sort of this, I don't want to call it conservative, but they're, they're very sort of uh, uh, traditional uh, reporting. Uh, it's a great site. They're very like middle of the road. You know, I think if you look at that site and try to determine if they go to the left or to the right, you're delusional because mm. it's very, it's, it's pretty in the middle. But in that article, it seemed like Malloy was essentially giving the middle finger, hey, you're not going to do this? Wah, wah, wah. And that was mm. that. What was your reaction to him? Doing that, did it seem like it was? Were you angered, appalled? Nothing that the Dick governor Blumenthal does. Dick Blumenthal outraged. Nothing the governor does anymore surprises me. I mean, he's that. This is him. This is his style. Um, he's not the most nice person you'll ever meet. He's very vindictive. He's very nasty. And this was a smack across his own people's face. Now, this is the same group of people that two weeks prior negotiated a budget. Now, granted, they did it, and you know, with ten minutes to go. In the session, they jammed the budget down everyone's throat. I find it shocking that this didn't come up during those conversations. So someone lied. Either the Speaker of the House lied to the governor or the governor lied to the Speaker of the House. And we are stuck because there's one party rule in the state of Connecticut. Democrats cannot get along with one another. They're now all fighting. And the towns and cities who work very well together, whether Republican or Democrat, all the mayors, first selectmen, once were elected, we are all, we were one body working for the same thing for the betterment of all of our communities, we're the ones that get stuck holding the bag. And to hear the governor say that this is such a great budget and there's no tax increases and everything else, of course there's no tax increases because he passed it down to us. Ask him where that quarter point from the sales tax went that was specifically designed to go for municipal aid. You know how much we got of that? Zero. Didn't even make year one. So I I believe believe nothing that comes out of the governor's mouth uh, at this point. Like I mean, the the Democrats had their annual, what used to be called the Jefferson Jackson dinner. It's now like the Progressive dinner or something. Yeah. Last uh, Friday, I think, mm-hmm. and there were unions outside picketing, protesting because they like be. they're they're not happy with the governor either, because their their opinion is, uh, you know, instead of layoffs, uh, he should have just increased taxes on the the super rich people. Um, so, I mean, it, it seems like he's being uh, sort of attacked from all sides now. And it'll, I guess it'll be an interesting uh, 2018. Have you, uh, have you, uh, have you uh, decided on who you're going to support yet? Or uh, uh, are you going to run yourself? For governor? Mm. Yeah, make some news right here. No, I will, not be, I will not be running for governor. Do you think Mark Loretti will again? Uh, I think, he's thinking about I it. I think Mary Loretti will give... Uh, very strong consideration to it. I think he's got a great story to tell. I mean, the state of Connecticut has gone the complete opposite direction of the city of Shelton in the last 20 years, and a lot of that has to do with Mayor Loretti. I mean, we talked earlier about, you know, good leaders 
Mayor Loretti's a good leader. He surrounds himself with very smart, very strong people that can carry the ball. It's interesting to see how the uh, controversy in Shelton over whether or not to give uh, the young boy who died in a car crash, whether to honor him with a diploma That's ridiculous. at, mm. at That's a graduation. Ridiculous. Board of Ed should be ashamed of itself. Once Loretti stepped in, from his vacation in Italy, according to the reporting I've read. Yeah, it's, yeah, it seemed to to get resolved, mm. but uh, yeah, that got a lot of people angry. Although on the other on the other end, you have people th- making threats against the chairman of the board of yeah, Ed. Yeah, that's uh, uncalled for. Well, that's I think what happens is some, yeah, we get we get too bureaucratic in our thinking. You know that that was just my take on what I saw there. I think, you know, when I- institutions forget they're human beings. I think that's how things like that happen. Where when you're just an, you got to adhere to Robert Rules of Order and, and all that other BS. But speaking of Malloy, I thought there was a great <laughs> uh, op-ed in a CT News Junkie. It was by Susan Bigelow, June third. Uh, op-ed Malloy in the middle, and she says at one point, uh, Malloy is a ruthlessly pragmatic moderate with a liberal streak on certain issues. He's a prickly policy wonk who often fights charges of being unlikable and brusque, and he's never inspired much passion in his supporters and voters. The problem with pragmatic moderates, though, is that nobody likes them. I thought that was, uh... Because he is unlikable. Low liker, anyone? Right, yeah, exactly. Uh, so that and was... And, that. like, sort of dovetailing with that, like, I read, uh... I started at, after college, I my first job was at the Journal Inquirer in Manchester, um, work like Chris Powell. He's his. He was the editor, still is, and his his columns are are. He's sort of known as sort of like a maverick, uh, say what he thinks columnist, and he's hammered, just hammered Malloy over the years. Like the last budget before this one, hammered him for the tax increases and everything, but this time around, he's he's been saying that like Malloy's willing to sort of, uh, not attack the unions, but but not just be in their pocket. And the the Democratic legislature less so, um, so he, you know he th- that sort of would uh, back up what uh, Susan Bigelow's uh, saying that like Malloy is trying to just sort of hold everything together because he realized that I if guess he increases taxes again, you know, we'll, you'll see another exodus of uh, companies. There's definitely people out there who think hey, th- that's leadership. He's taking a stance and he's yeah. taking the unpopular. Uh, uh, Approach a profile thing. and courage, but, if you will. Right. Well, yeah. Let's, let's not forget it's been the two largest tax increases in Connecticut history under his watch, in you know six years. I mean, that's that's a lot. And Jody Rell's moving to Florida. Yeah, that's what unbelievable are we going to do? That's me. big. And uh, like as a Brookfield, uh, somebody who was raised in Brookfield. Wait a second. But where Jody Rell is from? Always moved to Florida. No, I, I thought like that there was... should we should there should be a constitutional amendment that says if you run for governor in Connecticut, you, you should be stay. willing to say I'm going to stay in the state forever. Forever. Like that, come on, move into Florida. That, that's that's unacceptable to me. But their state pension, like, give me a break. Yeah, she makes out pretty well. I wanted to ask, uh, you know, uh, one thing that gets me about like this Malloy and his prison criminal justice bail reforms is to call it second chance sobriety. Uh, sobriety. Sobriety. <laughs> that's getting a little too personal. Oh, I wow. apologize. What kind of weekend you have? Second chance society. I mean, that is lofty. That is, I guess my question for you, Mr. Miller, is do you think it was, is this all an addition for uh, a cabinet position or of some kind in uh, Hillary Clinton's administration? So. You know, he is, he's now the chairman of the Democratic Governors Association. He's been traveling the country giving speeches. Uh, he's definitely raising his 
national profile by doing all this. And I think it is all an audition to um, whether it be vice president or a member of the cabinet or something. But, you know, if I knew that he would leave Connecticut, I might vote for Hillary Clinton just to get him out of Connecticut. Because while I don't necessarily agree with everything that the lieutenant governor says, she's a very nice lady. She's very approachable. She's very easy to talk to. You can have a conversation with her. I'd rather that than what we currently have now. So, okay. I mean, same thing with Rosa Delora. I don't agree with Rosa Delora's politics, but she's such a nice lady that you can go and have a conversation with, with her and talk about your point versus her point. And you, know, you agree to disagree, but there's no animosity. There's no hard feelings. Have you ever had a personal encounter with Malloy where he... Yes. Can you talk to me about it? Like, what happened? He kind of gave you the, the, the brush-off or the high hat or... It was kind of the brush-off. It was... Uh, I'm from it was, Stanford. It was either two or three years ago um, at the Beer and Chili Fest. And it in was Seymour. A, in Seymour. It was a cold and rainy day. I was in the dunk tank uh, for the cheerleaders. And I was only scheduled to be wait. For let's just hold minutes. on. Let's wait. Hold on a second. You were in a dunk ch- tank for for the Seymour High School cheerleaders. Oh, they're raising they're money. raising money. Gotcha. Got right. Sorry, sorry. And people were coming up and obviously dunking me. And it it, it was How probably do we not have video of this. It was probably fifty degrees out. It was freezing cold. Um, and my time was up. But they said, "Oh, the governor's en route. He should be here in about fifteen minutes. If you could wait, it'd be great for the girls. If the governor would come, take a throw, knock you in. Yeah, just just nice thing." Governor gets there. He kind of mulls around. He goes downstairs. He talks to people. Now, the girls are getting excited because he's here. You know what's going to happen. He comes walking over. The girls run over to him and try to hand him a ball and say, oh, Governor, Governor, why don't you dunk the first selectman? And he just kind of was, no, 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 kind of brushes the girls off and continues to walk around the corner. So I climb down. I go to the back of the dunk tank. Are you soaking wet at this point? Soaking (laughs) Freezing cold. I stick my hand out, and I say, Governor, thanks for coming to Seymour. I appreciate it. He just waved and walked away. That was encounter one. And then two years ago on WPLR, we do the, um, not to plug another radio station, but we do uh, the taco eating contest, as you know, to raise money for Meals on Wheels, which is a great cause. I think Mm -hmm. we would all agree. Uh, And it was open to all municipal leaders. So I challenged the governor to come down and eat tacos with us. And he said, I'll find something more appropriate to do on Cinco de Mayo than a taco eating contest. So that's just the way he is. You know, it's for meals on wheels. It's not for any other gratification other than helping the people that need that support and the folks at team. But that's just the way he is. And shame on him for being a former mayor of a city because he knows exactly what we do day in and day out and what we go through. And for him to forget his roots in six years is unacceptable to me. Mm, well, thanks for sharing that. I like I that dunk I think it'll be an interesting uh, 2018, man, with... Uh, you know, I hope he we'll does run. I like. I really you know, do. Mark Bowden's seen as pretty much the presumptive front runner in the Republican field, right? Dan th- Barry Mayer. I think yeah, Mark's up there. I, I mean, the one thing. The I mean, they can't go have, to Foley again. That would no, come on. No, no, no. We have a very uh, deep bench. We have some good young candidates. We have some good, more seasoned candidates. Well, Stewart's the other one, right? There was Aaron Stewart. Well, Aaron Stewart. Yeah. Uh, you know, Timmy Herbst and Trumbull. Um, you know, Mark Loretti, Mark Bowden. Um, you know, Themis Claritus at Derby, I think, would be a great one. You know, she's done a, an excellent job over the last, you know, couple of years in, in roles. Have you ever brought it leader. up with her? Has she ever brought it up? Uh, oh, we've talked, and you know, about different things. She's never said specifically, I want to run for the governor. I mean, selfishly, I hope that we elect enough Republicans in November that she becomes Speaker of the House, and then we start to control more of the policy, more of the legislature than we have in the past, particularly the budget. I think she would do a fantastic job at doing that. So All I don't right. know, but 
Hey, it'd be great for the Valley having. I mean, Connecticut's only had. Uh, we've only had two female governors, I think, Ella Grasso and then Jody Rell. Um, but who's both, moving to Florida, by the way? But both, while in office, were 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 pretty beloved by. Mm-hmm. You know, Jody Rell could have been reelected. She chose not to right. run. So, I mean, uh, that'll be an inter- that would be an interesting candidacy. I think 2018 will be very different than 2010 and 2014. So, I, I hope. The governor does decide to run, but I think he'll see the writing on the wall and he'll step down. But uh, Kevin Lembo, if he decides to run, is no um, no slouch either. Smart man, good man, uh, very intelligent. Was he the comptroller? He's currently the controller. He's very um, middle of the road. I mean, he calls it as he sees it. I think he'd be a, a tough candidate for us. But Would I Wyman be seen as too close to Malloy if... If say Malloy did step down, I don't or know. Decide not to run. I don't know if she wants to be, to be governor. I mean, obviously, I don't know her well enough to have those conversations. But she would be another tough, uh, a tough person for us to face because of her personality. I mean, she's mm. a nice, mm. she's a nice person. I mean, if she was sitting here, she would be laughing and joking with us just like we are. And mm. No, and, and she's up. like, I don't, you know, I've been to events where she's been at, and like, you know, the lieutenant governor a lot. It's just like go to this, you know, mm-hmm. veterans parade and wave and you know whatever uh but it seems that like she's got some decent policy chops too oh in terms yeah she's of, like no knowing the, the details of stuff former state legislator and, and controller for all those years so but you never know who's going to run for what all right it's time to sign off kurt is there anything else uh you wanted to add as we have about uh, two minutes left total not that we have to fill those 120 seconds but <laughs> anything you want to plug anything coming up in seymour uh this will be aired quickly on valleyindy.org so seymour's founder's day i guess we should throw a plug in is happening it'll be june 12th, the 12th whatever day that is that's sunday okay anything else coming up in uh town of seymour uh with graduation ceremonies kids graduate on thursday uh, so that's always a fun thing middle school and uh, high school and then their summer break will start i'm sure they're looking forward to that oh yeah summer break summer break i read something that uh I every think it was day's a saturday yeah, I was reading something in like the New York Times about how families don't realize how logistically and financially uh, like summer break is a pain in the neck. And as a, as a father of a kid completing his first year of kindergarten, yeah. It only yeah, gets I'm, worse. I'm depressed. It's, it's not lot. like I'm in a dying industry that is ranked every year as the worst to have. No, like when I was worst uh, job to have. When I was that age, I had two older brothers. So like my parents, like they could I had four, they just dude. let me stay at home with them and it's like you know that, I had that's four. a blessing and a curse yeah, in yeah I never went to camp I never I got, did any of that I got dunked a lot in our, say, in our beat pool up a lot. you know I was a younger brother too I dropped out of nursery school yeah I had four older brothers and my Irish grandmother lived downstairs but, uh, we also watched a lot of episodes of Chips so that's its own reward alright let's end on that note thanks a lot Kurt for it's been a while since we've, we've had you on Rory Burke took uh, my spot that's last right time. that's mm. what it was yeah, yeah. answer me truthfully now Rory Burke or me who gets next month I don't know Rory's dashing and he's, <laughs> he's like he's like a young Cary Grant and he feels the burn <laughs> so oh, oh really yeah him and Ethan are. oh man we got too many communists alright <laughs> we'll see you next time on Valley Naval Gazing thank you later bye